Howdy, howdy, howdy. What is up, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of On the Power Play. As you can hear, we have a different host going because Mr. Bingaman is not on this episode, but Matt Fisher oh, Matt boy. is going to be leading here. And uh, you know what that means. Welcome back. I hope everyone's having the great summer because we're officially in the dog days. When you have consecutive days in 90, close to 100, you're in the dog days. And I just want to say for all you people that are like, oh, I can't wait for hockey. I can't wait for hockey. We're right there with you. (laughs) We're right there with you. So Uh, um, uh, before, you know, we get anything, my co-host, you beautiful you beautiful specimen, Adam. Whoa. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right, man. So recovering from the howdy, howdy, howdy. Oh yeah, you had a little a little vacay, right? That was uh, last week. Yeah, no, I'm 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 doing good. Nice, dude. Love to hear it. You know, Bing uh, got kind of through this last minute. He's like, ah, can't yeah, show up. He's like, we're like, oh, we already done. We only have a limited amount. Um, so he made some he, few adjustments. He got a game of, misconduct for being Brian Bingaman. Oh, really? Yeah, well, he's not here. A one week saucy. Yeah, man. A one week saucy. Crazy. Uh, but this is on the power play, as you know. One of the top tier hockey podcasts in the whole stratosphere. Hell yeah. Because we know it when does it better than us. I mean, we are you're right on episode 84. And as you know, we have been naming our players in 84. We have Mikhail Grabowski. And Ooh. of course, you know, once we're kind of in this realm of high numbers, you get into some players that, you know, aren't the top tier superstars. But Mikhail Grabowski, he was able to score 20 over 20 goals in three seasons, play for the Islanders. You know, I think he played for a couple other teams. You know, a reasonably, reasonably well named Mikhail Gabrowski, number eighty four. We're at it. We're getting close to the big ones, though. Like, yeah, I was just looking at the next couple of names coming up, and I'm like, oh, yeah, we're, yeah. we're in a for a good stretch here. Yeah, um, but right now we got Mikhail Gabrowski is eighty four, and uh, we're rolling with it. Love yeah, to hear. So, uh, uh, did we miss anything big, uh, fish? Did something big happen this week? Uh, something always big happens as soon as we post our pod, our weekly it's, pod, yeah. we drop, and then within hours, even minutes, minutes, yeah, something big happens. will happen. Something that's big will happen, and then we'll have to wait another week before we can actually get to talk about it. But I have to uh, look into emergency podcasts <laughs> on our phones. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm in the bathroom at work. <laughs> I'm in the bathroom at work. Only from, like, from Walmart. from Walmart. Walmart. the customer. I got, I got to be a little quiet here, but oh my <laughs> God, trade news has just been broken. The floodgates are roaring. Bro, blockbuster deal. Yeah. Coming out of yeah, but, um, Columbus, Oliver Bjork's fan, obviously. But uh, the deal, as we're talking about, is that big trade between the Calgary Flames yes. and the Florida Panthers. Probably, Lost without Buster. a doubt, the biggest trade of the offseason involving Matthew Kachuk, the restricted free agent, who was saying the 
uh, stay in the Calgary. He was not going to resign. So look to get what you can. And, you know, when a big name has to come back when you're looking for a trade and Jonathan Huberto, the player that set a franchise record for points this year for the Florida Panthers, probably the the face of the team who's been traded to Calgary, along with Mackenzie Weger and a draft pick. And uh, prospect Cole Schwint. Cole Schwint. Cole Schwint had had New York. Yeah, and then Kachuk went the other way along with a 2025 fourth-round pick. But more importantly than that conditional thing of magic beans, Florida has Matthew Kachuk locked up for eight years at nine and a half million. They basically had it on the table for when he arrived. Yeah, like, from what I understood, give you. from what I understood, he signed, he signed with Calgary, and then the trade happened. Because I think that was the only way he could get the eight years. I could be wrong, but I think that was the only way he could get the eight years is if he signed with Calgary first. Real interesting way how that happens, but other than that. Matthew Kachuk is in the Eastern Conference. Not only that, he is in his brother's division in the Atlantic Division. And boy, does the, does the stage get set for an epic rivalry between the Ottawa Senators and the Florida Panthers. Like, yeah. you mean to tell me, like, like, awesome, awesome stuff ahead coming up this next season. Like, as a parent, how do you how do you go about that? How do you go about knowing that your two two sons are in the same division who are going to be facing each other? By far, not probably the most this season, and they're probably going to be rivals for the next due time, at least the next eight years. Yeah, until like uh, you know something happens and yeah, they're forcing their way out of there. But, so yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I, honestly, I don't know if the parents care that much. Um, no, they're just they're just happy both their sons in the league. I I did low key love the fact though that for one, I heard the story. Apparently, Matthew was at Brady's engagement party because he just got Brady just got engaged like a couple days prior to the trade, right. and apparently they were all at the engagement party, and Matt got the call that he got traded. And he was talking to the agent, I guess, or talking to Florida. And he hangs up the phone and he just goes, so I'm going to Florida. And he goes, yeah. <laughs> like, what a time to get a phone call during an engagement party. Just be like, hey, I'm uh, your rival now. Yeah, hey. Interesting. Uh, uh, interesting life those Kachucks live. Yeah, really. Uh, God bless them. You know, but, families, um, some- everything. Some other interesting pieces. Actually, you would probably find this a little interesting. Um, both the picks are conditional. The 2025 first that Calgary received is lottery protected. So if it's within, I think, the first 10 picks in 20, if Florida is within the first uh, 10 picks of 2025, uh, the pick slides to 2026. Um, but what's funny about this is from Ryan Pike on Twitter. Florida's 2024 first was traded to uh, traded to Philly in the Claude Giroux trade, but it's top 10 protected. So if Florida's 2024 is top 10, then the Flyers get the 2025 first. If Florida's 2025 pick 
goes to the Flyers. The Flames will get the 2026 pick in the Kachuk trade. Um, so there's a lot of moving parts in this deal. But the big thing is that Florida doesn't have a first-round pick until 2026, maybe 2027. Well, it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of trust that you know your but uh, your roster, your full man roster is deep enough that you don't have to add young talent. Right. I, I mean, then again, they could trade for a first round pick and you know acquire they, one. But. Yeah, they easily could have done do that. Um, I don't know. I'm going to be interested to see because Florida gave up some pretty key pieces. They kind of filled the Huberto role with uh, Kachuk. I don't know if Kachuk will put up the same points that Huberto is known to put up, uh, but I don't know how they're going to replace Mackenzie Weaker. Look, he just had – Jonathan Huberto just had a franchise – the first time they've ever won the President's Trophy. He led the team in points. Yep. Was, I think, set a record for franchise points. By, yeah, by a forward, and they ship him out. And it's, uh, you know, it's, I want to see what kind of, uh, obviously, everyone knows in this sport that every it's business, like nothing should be taken personal. But, you know, right, Jonathan Huberto has been the face of the Florida Panthers, are one of the two headed faces for quite a while. I say one of the three. With Xander Barkov. Yeah, Barkov, and I would I would argue Ekblad's a face of the, the Panthers. He's yeah, definitely he, a face of the blue line. Yeah, but he's still young. Like, Huberto has been in, was in the league when, you know, Ekblad got drafted. So Was he? I, I thought they were about the same age. No, I think uh, Huberto's a little bit older. But oh, yeah, anywho, he is. He's three years older. Holy shit. Yeah. So, but anywho, like – yeah, I'm really interested to see how Jonathan Huberto goes to Calgary because you know their their fan base is all riled up for what has happened. Oh yeah, and not to mention they're probably still gonna shop for Kadri. Like Nazim Kadri is still on the market, and it makes a yeah. ton of sense for him to go to Calgary. Like a ton of sense, ton of sense. So um, it's interesting to see. You know, starting from camp, going into the opening week, how uh, the the mojo is around Calgary, yeah. their locker room, and their fan base. I think the thing, as far as Kadri to Calgary is concerned, from what I understand, it sounded like when Kadri was a Maple Leaf, there was an attempted trade to Calgary that Kadri blocked. Like, he just outright refused. So... If that's the case, he probably won't go there. That's a good point. And you've seen a lot of these uh, – sorry, Country, but you've seen yeah, a lot of these players, top-end talent players in ca- in Canada teams looking yeah. to leave, like not like even thinking about it. But Joe got, right. but Joe got thrown a blank check by Calgary and said, nope. Yeah. I think um, from what I've gathered listening to – the uh, our unknowing friends at the Steve Dangle podcast. I understand from that, from what their thoughts being from Canada is they think um, the whole, the, the pandemic, not to go too much into it because we want to put that behind us, 
but everything that happened involving the pandemic from the lockdowns to the way Canada handled things, so on and so forth, put a lot of sour tastes in a lot of mouths. And not to mention too, being away from the fa- from family for so long, I think it kind of opened players' eyes to be like, you know what? I kind of want to be, I want to be close to home. And guys like Johnny Gaudreau is really the the kind of face of that to a degree. I mean, he's he went to Columbus and not Philly, but he's still closer than he was playing in Calgary. Yeah, he's able to see his family. Like yeah. during the whole pandemic, he wasn't able to see any of his family. And um, you you saw during the pandemic and during the off seasons, Canadians that lived in Canada and trained in Canada had a lot tougher time getting back into the swing of things mm-hmm. because of the shuts downs to the ranks and the weight room yeah. and, the, you know, everything. So it, it played a big part in a lot of people's uh, training and, you know, that stinks. Like to think about, it, you can't even go home and train. Yeah. And, and that's like, for a lot of these guys, that's, what they do that's right how, how like that, that's where their god uh, their yeah. training coaches are like that's almost their therapy in a sense too like that's their escape from what's going on and if you can't do that it, it really messes with the mojo yeah but it's going to be interesting to see this is definitely a an all-in i think for calgary at this point losing johnny gaudreau losing matthew kachuk this is their their flag in the ground saying like we're, we're going all in there's not much more we could do florida is doing what they need to they still have those like deaf players like manji apani has shown he's been able to be a, a gold producer like blake coleman's won a stanley cup came and came to calgary has shown he's can be a stable deaf he's center uh no he's winger he's winger but uh, he can play penalty kill. He can block, you know, play those nitty gritty, play your top, play against the team's top line type atmosphere, type, you know, attitude. And that's great to have. Not to mention you got, you know, other players that could show up better. You know, they also had the coach of the year. What guy? Um, uh, <laughs> oh, um, Coach Suter, Florida. Coach Suter. Yeah, yeah, Suter's over there too. Had the coach, had the coach of the year, and um, you know they they want to leave. It's oh, that's yeah, just so it's crazy, crazy how like Bruce Cassidy a couple years ago won coach of the year, literally one coach of the year got fired, and then actually I don't did Suter had, coach of the year or was no, it I think Florida? it was Florida's coach who also yeah. got fired. Yeah, he got <laughs> he replaced. got canned. He got replaced. And now he's so, an assistant coach somewhere, too. New Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, the coaches, I think that, that's actually a perfect segue into the other news that happened today. And the Sharks naming David Quinn as their new head coach. Yeah, let me hear you, buddy. Uh, David I, Quinn is a, <laughs> uh, a hot topic name for the eastern uh, part of the hockey fan base. From the sounds of it. Uh, all I know, because I didn't recognize the name when I saw that he was pretty much the front runner for the spot, but all I know is I threw the name in the group chat, and the immediate response I got was from Max and Doug, who were both Rangers fans, and they both said LOL. And I was like, well, that tells me all I need to know. We're low-key fucked. 
Um, but it, they explained a little bit more about how, in their opinion, he helped younger guys develop and he wasn't necessarily a bad coach. Um, and then you look at hockey Twitter, which is hyperbolic at best. All it's tough to take anything from hockey Twitter with a grain of salt, you know, based, like, based on the record, based what I've seen and what I kind of have gathered. He almost seems about on par with what Bob Bugner was doing. Right. Um, the record was the same. Um, I don't know if coaching philosophies are going to be the same. A lot of people are saying that they like what he did with the young talent. A lot of people are mixed on what he's done with the young talent. Um, so we'll see what happens. The Sharks have a lot of young talent. Yeah, and really David Quinn takes yeah. on young teams. Like um, I'm interested to see um, what Quinn can do with guys like like uh, William Eklund, uh, Thomas Bortolo, uh, Noah Gregor, if we get him re-signed. He's low-key a dark horse for me as a, a bright spot on this team. I don't know what it is about him that I, I like his game so much. Um, but he's just kind of like a an unnoticed player, I feel like. I feel like he's low-key – Someone that could be not necessarily a star, but a key piece on a team. I don't know if it's going to be the Sharks. His time with the Sharks might have run out and he might need a change of scenery to up his game to the next level. But there's something there that I see that I hope Quinn might be able to uh, unleash upon the Western Conference because I, I need something to cheer for. I'm blaming. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely one of those like scenarios where I think like like all the real top names were looking to, in the Eastern Conference. I guess like Bruce Cassidy, you know, went to Vegas, uh, but like um, uh, Dan, uh, what's his name? Uh, who went to Dallas? You're, you're from oh, um, DeBoer, Pete DeBoer. Yeah, Peter DeBoer went to Dallas, but like Tortorella went to the Flyers. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? Uh, uh, Bar- Cassidy to Vegas. Yeah. Picked up. Um, Who did they pick up? Look oh, up. I think they got a. I don't know if he was an AHL, but I don't believe they got a name. Oh, no, they got uh, Paul Maurice. They did get Paul Maurice. Yeah. And uh, uh, the Islanders got Lane Lambert. Yeah. You know, kind of a no name. Uh, uh, they- actually. Lambert, I think, was like a protege of, uh, um, oh God, why are all the names leaving our brains? Um, the, the Trots. Lambert is a, pro- a protege of Trots. Like he, he st- basically studied under him. Um, I don't know if he was the assistant coach last year, if he was the Bingham, Binghamton Islander um, head coach. Not to mention that like a couple of assistant coach finally – Coaches, finally yeah. got head coaches like Lane Lambert's one of them. Uh, Derek Lindone has you know, been with Tampa. Now he's with Detroit. And then Jim Montgomery won the Stanley Cup with St. Louis. Has been with Craig Berube and his crew. He was also with the Flyers. With you know, uh, I'm pretty sure with Craig Berube. And now he just got taken the job at with Boston. And so and it's a lot of those guys who would be like. Yeah, that's a guy who's gonna to like gain an immediate spark and like push a team over. 
it like got taken pretty quick. And then it's like you look at the lineup of what you're working with. It's like you got a lot of young players. It might be best to get a coach that doesn't have the greatest record but has shown to develop players in a certain way. So I think that's kind of the case where it's like they kind of waited a little long, but it's the guy they that yeah. fell in their lap, you know, they're not like too upset about. Yeah, I don't know. It's the whole the whole situation was just really weird with how they had a good chunk of the offseason to offload Bob Bugner and the staff that they got rid of. And they waited till all the big fish were already off the market to be like, oh yeah, you know what? We have a head coach we don't like. Let's get rid of him too. Um which for me was kind of a shame because I really did like Bugner. I, I never had a problem with him. He seemed as poorly as the Sharks did last season. He seemed to get a little bit more out of the guys and he seemed to really change the team for the better after we got rid of DeBoer. Uh, I was really just kind of getting tired of DeBoer's system and yelling at my TV to shoot the goddamn puck, uh, which they never did. Um so it'll, it'll be interesting to see how the Sharks do now with the addition of Quinn behind the bench, the loss of Brent Burns. Um, there, there's still rumors, and I'd be okay with it, that Kevin LeBanc might be on the trade block. Oscar um, Lindblom joining the crew. Oscar Lindblom joining the, the fray. Um, and a lot of the other young guys. I just hope to, and pray to God that we sign Mario Ferraro, because if we don't sign him, I'll be sad. <laughs> but uh yeah it's uh you gotta figure that's probably the last coaching spot to really get picked up you know we're kind of so. late late in the season unless like unless something like a coach quinville situation happens again i don't think any coaches changes will happen and so uh it's interesting how you know you know every off season we look at coaching changes but this year it's like there was a big overhaul with a good amount yeah. of teams on uh, my team included. Like we brought on a coach that, you know, you know, was in the press po- or in the broadcast booth last year. Like I- I'm excited to see what Tortorella can bring with this team. And, but it's uh, also a sign. It's like, we're moving in this direction now, you know, and the team I'm, of all the, the head coaches from like late last season to now that have like basically like cemented themselves as full-time coaches, the one I'm the most interested to watch is going to be uh, Martin St. Louis with Montreal. Cause it's going to be his first full season behind the bench of the Canadians. And with everything the Canadians have been able to pull off in this off season. Yeah. But they're, they've also shown like, they've also shown that they're truly not ready to go after it. Oh yeah. No, but like, when St. Louis came in, he turned around Cole Caulfield like it was, you know, like the second coming of Connor McJesus. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, not quite that, not that quite. Well, no, but, you know, I, I didn't want to say the second coming of Jesus. I, I just said, <laughs> Rick keep, Rick keep, keep, keeping, it, keeping it in the hockey world, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, he, he turned Cole Caulfield's season around, he held Nick Suzuki out. Um, and I'll be really interested to see now what he's going to be able to do with Debrinkat on the roster, um, Slavkowski coming in. It's seeming like he's at least going to start preseason. I don't know if he'll make it uh, to the show. It kind of seems like it's going that way, but you never know with rookies. Debrinkat went to Ottawa. 
Ah, you're right. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But but, either way, you know what I mean? Yeah. um, It definitely is that, you know, just watching the NHL draft uh, when Montero and St. Louis, you know, they all rose like, you know, oh, our head coach, uh, Montreal. I'll be interested to see how that plays out. Yeah. Oh, no doubt about it. Um, But, you know, when you think about, head coaches i'm really really excited to see what tortorella does with this lineup like i i i honestly am too i think that's as much as bing will probably hate to hear me say this i honestly think tortorella in philly is a good fit absolutely i do too man of all the coaches that were out there i think that was probably the best fit um whether or not it actually helps you guys will you know it has yet to be seen. It's got you gotta start building the pieces, you know. Yeah, I still think there's some there, there's some pieces that have to fall for you guys. Um, I'm honestly still expecting some semblance of a trade. I actually just saw that uh, the Flyers are willing to move TK. Yeah, I've seen that. It's tough because, like, uh, yeah, uh, it's tough because you know when you make a player for player, like a a talent for talent player, it's like. You're basically trading their problems, your their problems for his problems, and like their right. assets for his assets, and it's like you don't really like gain. Like, do, do you gain stuff? I really want, you know, for all the people that are in this city that are just willing to throw people out, I'm really, I really want a, this organization to put faith in the players, no matter what kind of turmoil they put they've been through like i yeah putting faith in players especially when they struggle like when they turn it around like it pays dividends to put faith but um yeah i mean to, it, obviously change was looking to occur i do i think it's gonna happen i can't say it's i can't say yes it's definitely that's a trade that's definitely gonna happen because there's no other like name towards it. it's just like oh t they're willing to move tk but they want to get talent for him like right, well, you mean? Let's let's look at the list here. It's like yeah, there's not too much out there. Yeah, it's not too much that you can get for TK that you're already getting for him. And I see right. the time we got, so like, let's get after. Let's <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but um, yeah, coaches. Uh, the coaching carousel will always be a talking point on on the power play. Oh, always. Uh, there's never going to be a day I feel like we're not going to be talking about coaches, especially with you guys and mainly being ta- yelling about Tortorella for at least the next three seasons. <laughs> well, I'm excited. Um, but, I would love to. I would love to be a fly on the wall. Like, oh God! When, he, when he's building like that, like foundation of good structure defense. Mm-hmm. And they have like a period where they just don't, and they look like shit. Like I would love to be a fly on the wall when he right to be like, get your fucking asses out of here, get your heads out of your asses, and play good defense for your goaltender. <laughs> like I would love to be a fly on the wall. Yeah, See that would that be shit. awesome. Um, but yeah, um, man, we are in the dog days. Not much. To talk I know. About. Well, I mean, there was something you mentioned because obviously we are a a wrestling podcast that occasionally talks about hockey. We're, and, yeah, we're, we're trying to, uh, you know, equal our uh, spread out our time. Yes. And now that <laughs> so, we're in the dog days and we don't have much to talk about hockey, 
uh, a lot has happened in, in the uh, WWE yeah. world. Uh, Vince McMahon, the the Gary Bettman, if you will, of the WWE recently. Well, bad, bigger than Gary Bettman. Oh, yes, but, you know, uh, it's important for people that don't watch wrestling. Um, yeah, he, he retired, which no one ever expected to see happen. Uh, Stephanie McMahon, his daughter, and his son-in-law, Triple H, took over the, the reins. Stephanie is co-CEO with um, some other guy, uh, Nick Khan. And Triple H is taking up the reins of creative, which I love to see. Uh, with Paul Heyman. I haven't seen the Heyman news yet, but if that's the case, that's awesome. Yeah, Paul. apparently Paul Heyman's a part of the creative. But that That's tremendous. Fish, I don't know if you've watched the original, not the original NXT, but like the one that really started to get things rolling for all the young guys, mm-hmm. like uh, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, uh, Big E, all those guys kind of got their, their starts with the yeah. WWE. That was all run by Triple H, and it was by far the, the best wrestling I probably watched in, like, the last five or so years. And I'm really interested to see how Triple H handles the creative side with the main roster talent. Because, nice. oh, boy, is it going to be hopefully fun. I got I got a couple co-workers who are a little bit older than me in their 40s. They were huge ECW fans. Oh, like the, no. The original <laughs> ECW. Like, they would talk about going to the ECW arena all the time. Oh, yeah, because that's like, in Philly, too. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, going to Asbury Park to watch, mm-hmm. like, a pay-per-view and sleeping in their cars. And they were like, dude, we loved how Paul Heyman would put on shows. Like, it was always oh, yeah. Heyman is, was really good. He... He handled a lot of the SmackDown stuff early on, and SmackDown at the time was by far like the best show WWE was putting out. So Heyman knows what he's doing when it comes to creative. And I mean, just looking at him on TV and like the stuff he's done with Brock Lesnar, uh, the stuff he's doing. And Roman Reigns. Yeah, I was gonna say with Roman right now, it's great. I don't, did you see the clip of Roman on the mic last night to the guy he's feuding with? We say so. You're, you know what the money in the bank is, right? What yeah, yeah, of course. Is. Okay, so the guy that Roman's feuding with is currently the holder of the money in the bank. And he's been like Vince McMahon's basically like adopted son for the last few months. Who is it? And uh, Austin Theory. I don't know if you recognize the name. Um, but he, he's fairly new. He's pretty good. But he has the briefcase and he came out and he's talking smack with Roman. And Roman, like one of the first things he fires back is, your daddy's not here anymore. And you yeah. hear the crowd go, oh, and you see the Usos like trying to stifle laughter. Heyman's turned around holding his hand over his mouth. It was amazing. Nice. I remember uh, especially like in the old, like when Vince was like never showing his face anymore. Mm-hmm. So like when he showed up, he was like, he wasn't a heel. It was a big was deal. Yeah. It was all automatic, It was all me automatically a face. And like his intro music, like would just get the crowd going. Yeah, and they would just all sing it, and like that's just awesome. Like when the boss comes on and they're just singing the song, just to be now happy is out there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, awesome to see. Uh, hopefully, yeah, you know, WWE can turn you know turn the ship right, around. not turn the ship, but turn in the right direction where they like you know it starts becoming more and more bigger. You know, yeah, yeah. They're, they're big on their streaming service now, so like. If you, got, if you got the WWE network, like, you're basically in tune with everything. If, if you have that, if you have Peacock. It's all on Peacock now. Actually, I've been going back one quick story because we're starting to – apparently I didn't know that we had a time limit. So we're running low on time. 
<laughs> one quick thing me and my sister because my sister's really big into wrestling recently and i've been going back and showing her a lot of the old like wrestlemanias and SummerSlams and stuff that i never got to watch and we just re-watched um with on the vince thing his match with shane where linda was like trapped in a wheelchair for a while because she was like devastated he, she was being cheated on and they were doing a hardcore match <laughs> and the trish stratus wheels linda mcmahon out in the arena in the middle of the match and vince like picks her up puts her in the ring sits her on a chair and goes to like destroy shane with a chair over the top of the head and all linda does is stand up from the wheelchair or from the chair after like not having any emotion for like weeks and when i tell you this crowd erupted this crowd blew the roof off of this arena for linda mcmahon standing up <laughs> It was tremendous to rewatch. But yeah, that'll do it for On the Power Play, the wrestling podcast that occasionally talks about hockey. Um, We mainly talk about hockey. Yes, yes, yes. Briefly talk about wrestling and other topics. And other things. During the uh, dog days, we'll talk about those topics. But we are running low on time, so we are going to cut it. Again, to our uh, fans that are listening to us to dog days, we appreciate you so much. I know you guys are just eager to watch exciting hockey like we are. But, you know, go check us out on the socials. You know, our Instagram yep. is always being OTPPPod. OTPPPod. Uh, Adam, say the Twitch. Oh, yeah, the twitch.tv. Twitch.tv slash on the power play. I streamed the first preseason game of the People's Hockey League. The oh, my goodness. HL. Uh, it was the Houston Stampede versus the Quebec Nordiques. I had a lot of fun. The VOD is on the Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash on the power play. Make sure you go watch, follow that. Like Fish said, follow all the socials. And Fish, if you don't mind me closing it out, because I think I can pull off the big Remember, closer. Buy, buy our merch. There's oh, a yeah. Oh, don't the, forget. You got to buy the merch. The socials. We have plenty of merch, hats, buy it. socks, blankets, buy it. everything. Buy, it. buy, buy our it. merch. And as uh, Bing always says to close the show, we out.